Let's turn in our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Sharing a message this morning. The subject of suffering. Something that's pretty universal. None of us go seeking it. And yet, most all of us that can have not will experience suffering in this life. 2 Corinthians verse, uh, chapter 12, let's begin there at verse 10, or pardon me, 7 through 10. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Lord, we thank you for your word. I pray now that you would come among us as the Holy Spirit. May your word go forth to our hearts and be with each one today in your divine presence, we pray. Amen. When you think of suffering in the scriptures, I think we all agree our mind goes to the book of Job. We read in Job 14, the first two verses, Man who is born of woman is of few days and full of trouble. He comes forth like a flower and fades away. He flees like a shadow and does not continue. We certainly can see suffering all around us. Turn the TV on and the news, school, the radio, the same. Here in our area, York, Lancaster, Harrisburg, how many times the morning news there was someone that was shot during the night, and oftentimes young people. When I, I don't want anyone to be shot, but when I read a, a young man, 18 or 22 or whatever, I think, wow, a whole life ahead of me now, they're in eternity. I do a lot of visits in hospitals and rest homes, and I see suffering. I'm glad that I'm able to bring a word of comfort and cheer and share scripture with them. But sadly, it's, it's all ages that they're suffering. I'm sure that in your families, you can think of someone who has suffered. I often think of my wife's only brother, Mark, and his wife. A number of years ago, Bonnie came down with an incurable disease, and Mark with his back had free back surgeries. And you just don't understand why some suffer so than others. It seems like oh, they don't have that, that burden to carry. We see the pictures of war-torn nations, and of course they're suffering there. The populace suffers terribly. History tells us of conflicts over the many, many years that bring human suffering. Dictators rise up, and their people suffer, while they themselves may be living in the lap of luxury. It's certainly not fair. Suffering has been the fate of all people since the beginning of time. 
And this includes the greatest men of God that ever lived, biblical characters, yes, as Job and Jeremiah, Paul, and of course, even the Lord Jesus himself. I quote from George MacDonald this statement, The Son of God suffered unto death, not that men might not suffer, but their sufferings might be like his. And so this morning as we consider together the, the subject of suffering, let's think of particularly about the Apostle Paul. Throughout his life and ministry, he experienced what the scripture said there, a thorn in the flesh. Martin Luther maintained that that affliction was his opposition and persecution that he, he faced. John Calvin's view was that it was a spiritual temptation. And there's many others that believe in reading the scriptures here that it is all from some form of eye uh, problem that Paul was having, maybe resulting from his uh, Damascus Road experience. Paul writes in Galatians 4, verse 15, about some being willing to gouge out their eyes and give them to him. And then in Galatians 6, verse 11, he says, See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. And so, personally, I think it was an eye problem, but there even are others that speculate that maybe he was suffering from malaria or some epilepsy. So the point is, one, that we really don't know what Paul's thorn in the flesh was. But his trouble and his suffering and how he handled it, I think it's a wonderful example to every one of us here today. And his encouragement to us that he, he could rise above his suffering and still live in praising and honoring the Lord. The Bible gives us the answer to suffering. And you know there is actually a mystery that surrounds suffering. Notice there, verse 7 again. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Who among us today can understand suffering? Why it comes? And, you know, how long will it be with us on this short trip? It's a mystery. There's, however, two facts that I think we need to keep in mind as we try to unravel this mystery. First of all, it's linked with mortality in God's created creatures. Paul says, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. When God created the angels and then later human beings, he did not create us robots. Aren't you glad? He didn't create us all looking alike. How boring that would be. I love to look at a crowd of people and just, well, actually sitting in the mall when my wife does shopping. She loves to shop. You know, you ladies, that's part of your DNA. But I would rather just sit on a bench and watch people. I love to, to see people go by. And you know what? You can read a prayer for that one. And that I often say, Lord, if they don't know you as their Savior, I pray that somehow you would reach into their life and they would know the joy of the Lord. And then you could be sitting next to some others and get into conversation, and there's a lot of things that could be said. People are all different, aren't we? On the contrary, God created man with the ability to choose and make moral 
decisions. And so in this view, man is free to choose to commune or enthrone God, or he can choose to dethrone God. The Bible tells us that Satan chose to rise up above God. Lucifer there in the heavens thought that he could be greater than God. His pride took over, and so he dethroned God. And look where God him. He was cast out of heaven along with a third of the angels that he received in the following him. Adam, also by his moral choice, sinned then a rebellion there in the Garden of Eden, suffering quickly followed by the, that decision. Suffering became part of the human race. We're born with a sinful nature, thanks to Adam. So that sin is now in the world until the day that God comes and, and totally eliminates sin, setting up his new kingdom. He will not only remove sin, but he's going to usher in a new heaven and a new earth, in which righteousness dwells forever. Second Peter 3, verse 13. Yes, suffering is a mystery. It's a mystery. But we cannot see the total picture of what God will do. I want to share with you a poem, and I'm sure you maybe have heard this, but Corey Ten Boom. Certainly her and her family went through a lot of suffering. But it's entitled, Life is But a Weaving. Life is But a Weaving. My life is but a weaving between me, between God and me. I cannot choose the colors he weaveth steadily. Oft times he weaveth sorrow, and I in foolish pride forget to see the upper, and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shutters cease to fly will God unroll the canvas and reveal the reason why. The dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver in his pattern he has planned. He knows, he loves, he cares. Nothing this truth can dim. He gives the very best to those who leave the choice with him. Very, very good words from Corey. There's a mystery in suffering, and we may never know why in this life. But I think it's all right as humans that we can ask God sometimes. He understands our heart. And secondly, it's linked with mortality in God's created creatures. Notice again verse 7 where Paul says, A thorn was given to me in my flesh. He's telling us there's mortality there in that statement. But Adam's sin, he not only affected himself, but every one of us. All of human, the human race that would follow him. Romans 5, verse 7 says, Therefore, just as one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus spread to all men, because all have sinned. And so it's in our flesh and our mortal beings and subject we are to all kinds of infirmities. You know, you hear in the news that you have to be careful what water you drink and what air you breathe and what food you eat. Is there any hope? It's all around us, but we do the best we can. 
And so when, when a person is young, they don't think about these things as much as when you become midlife and older. One never knows what life may bring. You do not. As different circumstances bring forth various forms of suffering. So the fact remains that suffering is a life experience, and we all need to recognize that. It can come from different forms and, or areas of life. could be spiritual suffering, mental suffering, physical suffering. It appears that some are spared deep suffering, while others seemingly can't get a break from it. But it isn't up to you or me to try and figure out why. Perhaps uh, you've heard the name of George Binz, a man that lived in Russia. He was put into prison for 15 years for his faith in God. He was to be exiled to Siberia when suddenly the, the guard came and gave him a new set of clothes and said, you're free. Wow. You no longer have Soviet citizenship, and within 48 hours, he was on a plane and landed in America. His mother had been arrested for aiding other believers, spent time in jail. He'd seen his father last, when he was just a boy of seven years old, and later the word came his father had died while in prison. And so when Mr. Binns was interviewed when he came to America, they asked him about all those years that He'd spent in prison. Mr. Ben had, Vince had once written, Our life has not been given for empty dreaming. And so he is asked what it all meant for him. What does our life signify? And this was his reply I do not regret the years I have spent, even the years of suffering. This has been the purpose of my living. I think we would all agree that there's a mystery in suffering. There's an agony also in suffering. Paul speaks of this thorn in the flesh. He uses the word that literally means splinter, stake, or something pointed, which can tell us the intensity of this in his life. Now, if you ever have followed the life of Paul through the scriptures, it's amazing what that man experienced. He was shipwrecked. He was stoned. He was beaten, left for dead a few times. Yes, there was agony and suffering. Sadly, I know among us here today there's some that are suffering. Paul goes on in verse 7 to state that the thorn in the flesh was given to him, a messenger of Satan to buffet him. And the word buffet means to strike the fist. Paul's thorn was very painful. It was humiliating to him. So as we study the life of Paul, it seems that, in a sense, he was in the devil's crosshairs as he battled with Satan. We read in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 18, Therefore we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. Later he wrote in Ephesians 6, verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. 
So we're considering the extent of suffering, and now what about the effects of suffering? Look again there in the scripture lesson, verses 8 and 9, beginning of verse 9. Considering this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And so I submit to you, as long as we're in this life, we know that suffering could and well may be part of it. We know from the Bible that God allows it for our good, and yes, even Satan can be allowed to bring it upon us at times. But what determines triumph or defeat is found in the result of the effect that we allow it to have on us. If it leads to resentment and resistance, then the consequence is one of depression and despair. But on the other hand, as Paul was saying, if the suffering leads to prayerfulness and patience, then the result is one of maturity and, yes, even victory over that suffering. Just like Jesus, Paul prayed three times for deliverance from this thorn of the flesh. I'm sure he asked for faith, he asked for persistence, but the thorn stayed. It stayed. Instead, God answered him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Yes, there's a mystery in it and an agony and suffering. But thank God we don't need to stay there. We can move on. There's also a victory in suffering. Praise the Lord. Here at the end of verse 9 and verse 10, Therefore, most gladly I will boast in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and approaches and needs and in persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. When I am weak, then I am strong. I think Paul is right here reaching the pinnacle of what he's talking about. Suffering certainly means agony, but it can also mean victory, praise the Lord. As long as we walk in this life and we walk along with Christ, we can know both joy and sorrow. I just heard a song last evening on the radio. Um, I wish I could remember the title, but the, the essence of the song was, there's a lot of problems in life, but I have the Lord. I have the Lord. That's so important. I would want to face life without him, would you? We need him every moment of every day. We know according to Romans 8, verse 37, yet in all things we are more than through him who loved us. So this victory is then determined as we exercise our faith in God. And oh yes, our faith is going to be tested. Look there in verse 10 again. Therefore I take pleasures in infirmities. Can you say that? Can I say that? Wow, that's a stretch, isn't it? Take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. I think that's the key right there. What we go through is for Christ's sake. For when I weep, then I am strong. Imagine someone saying that. 
that, my friends, is true victory found in Christ. A certain master was asked to visit a lady who was dying of incurable disease. And so he found a little wooden chair and he took it with him. He shares this often with those that are in trouble. I think as I, I read this, he probably didn't notice the author's name of the book, but he gave it to her and he said, here's something for you. And she said, thank you very much. I know this book very well. He said, how's that? She said, I wrote it. Faith in our Lord and his work who suffered unto death is victory in times of affliction and depression. When people are suffering, if you ever have been in that uh, experience, as human beings, some of us shy away. They don't know what to say, so they say nothing. Those times, most people, would love for you to just come. Put your arms around them. Tell them you love them. You don't understand, but you're there for them. That would mean something to them. I've been there. Maybe you have too, when people came and did things like that. Faith in the Lord Jesus and his word. He suffered unto death his victory in times of affliction and depression. Jesus has already been there. He's experienced that. He knows where you are, what you're going through. The place of our weakness. How wonderful it is when he comes so sweetly and ministers his grace and strength. He who inspired the scriptures will do this for you. And so we see there, yes, there's a test of faith, but he will be faithful to us. But there's also a rest we can find in faith. Paul says in verse 9 that the power of Christ may rest upon me. In the natural world, electricity is often produced uh, when water from a dam is forced through huge turbines. turbines. I remember a number of years ago, we were in Nevada, we took a tour out, uh, we went through this Hoover dam. Uh, we didn't go in the water, of course, but in the rest of the dam, you go down inside. It's amazing. Huge rooms, and here were these turbines. I mean, they were huge big things. And when they were running, you could already hear the guy that was talking about this, but if you ever get a chance to go to Hoover Dam, I encourage you to go down and look at that. Um, it's in a similar way, the faith in Christ uh, to allow him to do things that need to be done in our lives. He uses the very pressures that we're facing to produce the power that is needed for the victory. This is what some would call the strength in suffering. You know, I, I just thank God. He's in charge of everything. Not me. We're reminded of the hymn, Oh love, it will not let me go. Now they're all very good verses, but verse 3 especially speaks along the line of what we're sharing here today. It says, O oh, joy that seeketh me through pain, I cannot close my heart to thee. I trace the rainbow through the rain and feel the promise is not vain that morn shall through us be. Many people in history have been used of the Lord Jesus in marvelous ways after they surrendered themselves and their afflictions to God. 
One name comes to mind that's very familiar, that was Fanny Crosby. How that lady suffered. She lost her eyesight when just a young girl. I can't imagine what it would be not to be able to see. I was glad the last day, the last time I was at the Optometrist, he said, your eyes are excellent. I can't do anything to improve them. I just said, thank you, Lord. I need my eyesight. But here's one that lost her eyesight. But she remained steadfast in her love for the Lord and began to write hymns. Am I correct to say over eight or 10,000 hymns at least she wrote in her lifetime? And many that are still blessing us even today. Jesus was our supreme example of suffering. There on the cross to provide for every one of us and everyone who would come to him. He provides forgiveness, cleansing, and freedom from sin's power. Oh, beloved, may we kneel before the cross today and ask the Holy Spirit who enabled him to suffer even unto death to produce the same fruits of victory in our lives. Christ gives meaning and he gives purpose in living, even with the greatest suffering. Let's look to Jesus. He has the strength for every one of us here today in our times of need. Ask the worship team to come out and stand together.